Right, the reading this morning is from Colossians chapter 2, the first five verses. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may perceive you by fine-sounding arguments, for though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Okay, we're looking at Colossians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 5. Colossians 2, verses 1 to 5. Uh, what was the Apostle Paul's desire for the churches that he knew? You know, what did he want to see? What did he strive for as an apostle to these churches? Well, at the beginning of this chapter, Colossians 2, Paul, Paul wrote these words to the Christians in Colossae. Uh, he said, I want you to know how much I strive for you and for those in Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. I want your hearts to be encouraged and united together in love so that you may have all the riches of complete understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Paul's vision for these churches was therefore a fairly clear one really. Paul says he wanted to see them united in, in love and encouragement because, he says, this would mean they can grow to know Jesus more and Jesus is the point of everything. To know and understand Jesus is, Paul says, to discover all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now the Bible talks a lot about wisdom, knowledge and understanding and it says that you should seek that out and find it more than you seek anything. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom was described as a hidden treasure more valuable than all gold, rubies, jewels and Paul, what Paul does here is he takes those words from Proverbs about wisdom being a hidden treasure and he takes those words from the Old Testament and he says that wisdom of God, which is more valuable than anything else, is in fact found in Jesus. Jesus, Paul says, is where you can discover all the treasures of God's wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But what really struck me was that Paul says something else. He says that the place we can discover more of that treasure of Jesus, the wisdom and knowledge of God, is within a Christian community which is held together in love and encouragement. He says here, I want you to be united together in love so that you will know God's, you know, the fullness of God's mystery, which is Christ. The word so that, which he uses, means into. The one thing leads into the other. A loving Christian community, he says, leads into a greater understanding of the treasures of Christ. And all this week I've been thinking about how those two things depend on each other. 
being a Christian community held together in love and encouragement and us growing together in the knowledge of Jesus. Because it seems to me that Paul is saying here, one depends on the other. The loving community of Christ leads to us knowing more of Christ. Now, this was a really big deal for Paul. We know it was because Paul talks about the importance of Christian unity in every single New Testament letter he wrote. And here he seems to be saying it's essential. That unity of God's people is essential to our growth in Jesus Christ. Now, we might ask, but why is it? Now, why do we why do you need a church united together in love and encouragement in order for us to to have all the riches of complete understanding in christ as he says can't you get that without church without a loving community you know can't can't you just read some books about jesus uh, and grow like that or can't you just watch some talks on youtube and then grow or go to a christian retreat maybe once every in every once in a while but then not worry about any sort of long-term christian community can't you grow like that the more i've thought about it the more i've realized actually i think paul's right you can't you can't have one without the other at least not in the normal way of things of course there are exceptions for example i was thinking there are situations where a christian might find themselves isolated or imprisoned even when there's persecution you know, and a Christian gets locked up in a cell on their own. Of course, God can work in unique ways in those situations. But the normal way of God's kingdom, it seems, is that God wants all of us to grow in Christ as we grow together in love as his people. And I think that's because so much of the treasure of the wisdom and knowledge of, of Jesus, which Paul is talking about here, is really about what it means for us to live together as human beings under God. And the truth, the wisdom, the knowledge of Jesus is always really made known within relationships, not, not isolated, but in our relationships. And that's because when the Bible talks about understanding and knowledge and wisdom, as Paul is here, it is not just talking about what we know up here in our brains. Wisdom in particular is helpful in that sense. Wisdom in the Bible is not about how clever you are or how intelligent you are or how much data you've got stored in your brain. Wisdom is not a theological exam. Wisdom is all about how you live. Now, yes, of course, it involves the mind. We are whole beings. It involves our mind, absolutely. But wisdom is much more than just that. It's about how what you've come to know and experience of God in your life is then lived out in practice in your relationships with other people. How does God affect your interactions? All of them. And when you think about it, wisdom can therefore only really be a thing that we grow in when we're in a community. Uh, the classic book about wisdom in the Old Testament, as I've said, is Proverbs. And it is all about how we deal with and respond to and treat other people, each other. So it makes sense that Paul now says that we will grow in the wisdom and knowledge of Jesus as we live out our faith within that kind of environment, within our relationships. Relationships that Paul says as Christians need to be defined by the love and the encouragement of Jesus. Now, Jesus himself said this in John 13, right after Jesus had, you know, it was a very tense time in John's gospel as we come to John 13. They're coming to Jerusalem and everything's very tense. 
the disciples have been disagreeing with a lot of, about a lot of things and sort of jostling for position because they think it's all going to turn out like that. And what did Jesus do? John 13, he brings them round a table and he gives them all bread and wine. And then he says this, look, a new command, he says, I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. So important, Jesus repeated it three times in one sentence so that they didn't miss it. Love one another. As I've loved you, love one another. That's how people you'll know my disciples, love one another. So Jesus you know, says, being his disciples, being a community of Jesus Christ, is defined, he says, by loving each other in the way that Jesus has loved us. Or you could think of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, patience, gentleness, forgiveness, faithfulness, self-control. All of those fruits of the Spirit are about how we treat and respond to each other. So what that means is there is no gospel that has as its goal a lot of isolated individual believers doing their own thing. The only gospel there actually is, is the one about the body of Christ, us, being brought together by God with Jesus as the head. So only, I think, only in that context can we really, as Paul says here, fully experience and understand and know and become more like Jesus. Now, look, Paul is not naive, nor was Jesus. They both knew that we have differences of opinion. You know, we're never going to agree on everything. Maybe sometimes we have quite big differences of opinion as Christians. But Paul and Jesus both seem to believe that one thing that should characterize the church is that none of those disagreements override what we share as Christians. Namely, as Paul says, that we all have Jesus at the heart of our faith. And that Jesus' love therefore defines our character and our community as a, as a church. Jesus is our, Paul puts it like this, doesn't he? he says, Jesus is our shared treasure. And we therefore, that means we love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what happens. And whatever else we may differ on, however hard it might sometimes be to navigate those differences at times, nothing should divert us from the fact that what unites us is Jesus, and, the, and that fact, Jesus, is greater than any of our differences. Now, that's, that's why the Lord's table is so important, by the way. When relationships are strained, like they were when Jesus was with his disciples, when relationships get strained, Jesus lays a table before us, like he did for them, and he says, come and sit down together and remember what this is about. It's about Jesus. He gives bread and wine, my body, my blood. We all at the communion table each month, we share one bread and one cup because we all have Jesus at the center of our lives. And that matters more than anything. That's what Jesus said, remember. Okay? Coming back to Colossians 2, Paul says being a community of love and encouragement like that leads to an even fuller understanding of Christ. You get even more of Jesus. So that he says, he puts it, it's so that, you know, being a community of encouragement and love, you do that so that, he says, you may all have the riches of Christ. 
So it really matters what we that we think as Christians about how we are towards each other. Jesus said to emulate his love towards each other is what it means to be his disciple. Paul says the type of community that he longed to see was a community, a Christian community of love and encouragement. It's very important. Churches should be communities held together by love and encouragement. Now that means some very real and very practical things. It means making decisions about how we're going to speak to each other or about each other. Decisions about what we will do and what we will say to one another. For example, are our words words that promote encouragement or do we discourage with our words? Do we create unity or division by what we do and say as Christians? Are our actions loving towards each other or are we actually making life more difficult for each other? Are we serving one another in love or are we just trying to get our own way? Are we building each other up in the wisdom of Christ or pulling people down, perhaps with criticism or, you know, taking other people's focus away from Jesus? Those are the kinds of questions, actually, that you face in any community, you know, whether it's at home, you know, at home, you have to think about how do I speak? How do I live? It's the same in a workplace, in an office. It's the same in school for those who are young. It's the same in a neighborhood, you know, with your neighbors in your street. We all have to think, how am I going to use my word? Am I going to be that neighbor that's a pain in the backside? Or actually, am I going to make people glad that they live next door to me? Look, in all communities, we have to think about that, don't we? But we also have to think about it more than anything in the church. And Paul says he worked very hard to create Christian communities that were held together in love and encouragement because he said then the wisdom of Jesus will grow more fully in them. Now, the word he uses there, strive, you know, this is what I strive for, Paul says in verse one. That word is the word for an athlete straining with every effort to do their best. And this is where I felt very challenged because it's a question we need to ask ourselves. Do we, do I, strive like an athlete to promote love, encouragement, and unity in my church community? That's a really challenging question, because <laughs> he's not just saying, do it a bit. The word he uses is like an athlete that is just focused on what they do. That's what they excel at and what their energy goes into. Paul says, that's what I do as an apostle. I, I long to see you Christians united in love and encouragement. I say he wasn't stupid. He knew people fall out, but he says, well, I, that doesn't matter. In Christ, you are a community of love and encouragement. And that was, that challenged me this week. Do I, could I use that metaphor of an athlete stri striving for the goal when it comes to me wanting to promote love, encouragement and unity in my church community? I'll leave that with you. We put our energies into a lot of things, don't we, as human beings? But as Christians, are we putting our energy into that? Now, one reason, as I've said, Paul says we should do that is because then in, in that kind of community, the fullness of the riches of Jesus will be found. And he says at the end of the day, that Jesus is more valuable than anything you can work for. 
Now, it's clear Paul was very concerned. We're going to see in the following weeks. Uh, it's very clear in this chapter that Paul was really concerned about something when he wrote to these churches. Uh, we will see that he's concerned that Christians are going to get distracted by all sorts of very debatable stuff that people were saying, you've got to do this, or you've got to think this, or you've got to know and have that. But Paul concluded all of those things have become distractions because the real point is just Jesus. <laughs> you just need Jesus. Paul knows, I think, that if churches start focusing too much on other things that are not Jesus, they will get pulled apart. Whereas a community that is united together around Jesus, that's a community, Paul is saying, where the fullness of God's wisdom and knowledge in Jesus is found. And that's the kind of community, therefore, with Jesus at the center, that Five Head Baptist Church needs to be. And it's not just for our own sake. It is also for the sake of the world around us. Our mission, God's light in the world. Most people, in fact, I'm going to say everyone you meet will have experienced what a bad community looks and sounds and feels like. Maybe they've been in a toxic workplace environment. Maybe they're a kid in a diff difficult school. There are bullies. Maybe someone we meet, we might not even know about this, but maybe they have grew up in a really argumentative home. Uh, maybe they're living in a really gossipy neighborhood or they have in the past. Everyone we meet will have seen what bad community looks like. If they then look at the ch a church and see the same kinds of things, they're just going to roll their eyes and walk away, quite understandably so. But if they look, on the other hand, and they see a church and they see something very different, unique, something that looks and sounds and loves like Jesus did, then it will be when they see that community, and I hope that is us, it will be like a light in the darkness. Of course, as Christians, we have our difficulties, we have our disagreements sometimes. But even there, you see, that's one way you can look at that is, there's a place where you can see how, how do Christians deal with that? How do we treat each other when we disagree? How do we speak to each other when we disagree? That too is where the world should be able to look at the church and see that that community, the church community, does things differently. We don't stab each other in the back. We don't run each other down. We sit down and listen and talk and pray. That too, even in those challenges in church, the way we handle that actually can be like a light to the world. Because they look and see, well, they, those Christians, when they disagree, they deal with it so well. They still love each other, even when they don't always agree. And perhaps they'll look and they'll see there's forgiveness there in that church. There's patience. There's faithfulness. These are the fruit of the Spirit. There's gentleness. There's self-control. That's one of the fruit of spirit we don't dwell on, but we need it. And maybe they'll look and perhaps the greatest of the fruits, they'll see love. Those are what Jesus has given us by his spirit. Oh, that the world, this is my prayer as I was thinking about this week, that the world will be able to look at churches and see the kind of wisdom from God that means people will then conclude that that wisdom from God that those Christians have is more valuable 
and gold and rubies and anything else because they'll see Jesus here. It matters for us. It matters for the village of Fivehead, for Somerset and indeed for the world. I think we should have a time of prayer now. If you feel led to pray, please do. If you don't, just pray in your heart. Because these are both challenging but wonderful. You know, it really struck me this week. Gosh, this is convicting. But also I thought, goodness me, what a wonderful light the church can be in the world. And that gives me hope.